This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC 285, Jones vs. Gon. Hit you with our segments, isn't he awesome, and real-world call-outs. And last but not least, we will preview UFC Fight Night, Jan vs. Devashelli. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We are back after a nice, huge pay-per-view, one that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Safe to say it delivered um, one of the biggest, like, lived up to the hype pay-per-views ever, I think, that I can remember. Yeah, it's uh, it's up there for sure. I mean, every fight pretty much, and, and just John Jones to cap it off, and sounds and all the haters, all the doubters, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely seemed like, um, you know, compared to a lot of the bigger pay-per-views recently, this one was the next level, like close as a Connor fight as you can get without being a Connor fight, right? Yeah, I it's kind of crazy, but I think maybe John Jones taking time off did wonders for him because, like, he's always been like hardcore fans have always liked him, and he's always had some casual support, but people don't realize like he he was pretty boring for a long time. Yeah, exactly. And I I mean I think at the casuals this one were this was viewed by the casuals, which not a ton of them are unless it's it's a big big name. So I think yeah, Jones somehow got more popular in that, that uh three year layoff than than he was, you know, when he was fighting Reyes and all those bombs. I mean, I guess it's more of just like the way you can market it to the you know, moving up to the greatest of all time, moving up to heavyweight, like can he do it uh, three years out? There's like a bunch of storylines there and yeah. stuff to talk about people, you know, to reel the casuals in, which they were able to do, it seems like, because I, I heard the numbers on this were huge. Yeah, I think it's getting more popular. Plus, like I said, I think that they also stacked this card, like really stacked it. Yeah, yeah, that, that helped a lot. So, but I mean, a lot of the names they stacked it with aren't like noticeable to casuals though i mean hardcores for sure but yeah that's true and some of them were like a lot of prospects i would say on this card very yeah. prospect heavy it was a great card for like to get casuals more in mma when they see like fights like the shaft cat and first jeff neal and uh you know turner versus gamrod and shevchenko versus grass with the big upset so like if you're just tuning in for john jones you you know, you might have uh, got a few more favorite fighters there that if you don't watch that often. Yeah. How many people do you think knew about Shavkat before this fight? What do you, like, percentage-wise, maybe, like, a... Of the people watching the card? Yeah, like a third. So I'd say, like, say a million people watched it, like, 300 of those are hardcore. So, like, yeah, like, yeah, probably two-thirds did not know about Shavkat. A third probably did. Yeah, that would be my guess, which is crazy because... He's definitely legit. So, um, but yeah, we'll get into that when we get into our recap. Let's uh, reel it back and start things off with our, we, how we always do with our takes of the week. So, Ryan, as always, take us away. All right, take this week. It's gonna pat ourselves on the back a little bit, but uh, the JLT takes of the week are the uh, most accurate takes in MMA podcasting, in, in my honest opinion. The picks are not. The takes are. Yeah, the picks are not. The takes. All uh, of our power is gone from our picks, and it's into the takes. Yeah, the takes. It feels like they all come true sooner or later. Yeah, if I uh, if I was more of like a hardcore producer, I would do like the rewind noise, like the 
and play our play your take from last week that um Shevchenko's days were numbered as champion because whether or not you said we said Grasso was going to beat her, which you didn't, you said that it might not be Grasso, but it will be somebody soon. Still, nobody nobody was saying anything like that. Yeah, I said I didn't. I said you know her days are numbered. I don't think it's going to be Grasso, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was basically. And you know, I wasn't really surprised. I was actually surprised in the fight as it happened because it seemed like Shevchenko was starting to find her you know, starting to dominate a little bit there and uh, yeah. figure it out. You know, she had a tough round, <clears throat> excuse me, a tough round one, went to the wrestling two and three, looked pretty dominant. And then round four, <clears throat> excuse me, round four is all over. Yeah, I need to start keeping track of all the takes we get right because it seems like it's one a week at least. I've got them all in my thing. We can go back and check them off one by one. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should go. Uh, and then we can, well, the ones we got wrong, we'll just skip over and never bring up again. But Make a, like a bullet points of all the ones we've gotten correct in the last since the beginning of the year. We've gotten some crazy ones right. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what was my take about John Jones that he might never come back. That one was definitely wrong. That he, was, that was my that was my take this week is uh, um, John Jones actually could retire now, and also that he proved me wrong. Even though he's my boy, a friend of mine, um, we've been in close contact for three years now, um, just exchanging messages a message um but anyways yeah but there could be more we're not saying that you know yeah that the door is open there um i'm in his i'm in his inbox so i think if i do send him a message like maybe it goes to like his primary inbox doesn't that how it works like if he has a conversation with me i think so so maybe we should ask him to get in the program be like give us five minutes man yeah but i'm gonna wait until um this kind of gets I, w- I was saying he was never going to fight again even though he's my boy i thought he was not, i thought he wasn't because he just kept putting it off and putting it off but i guess what i'm coming back to now is he actually could retire now it doesn't like get he's not going to get any better than winning this heavyweight belt in two minutes when he opened as an underdog obviously he closed as a pretty good size favorite but it doesn't get any better than this like what it i guess what would like i think um maybe I honestly Stipe think might be his last fight Stipe, well Here's a, another take. This is a hot take, and if I get this one right, I'll be, I'll be definitely the most accurate takes in MMA podcasting. I think providing John Jones beats Stipe, UFC empties the bag, even though Dana said it'll never happen. Francis Naganu versus John Jones, especially if Francis goes and wins a boxing match or something, they empty the bag. That's the biggest fight you could ever possibly make. Like that's to solidify the belt. You know, he left with the belt. John Jones not beats Stipe. The you know what most people say is the goat of the uh, heavyweight division. So John beats Cyril, then the goat and Stipe, and then they make that Francis fight for that who holds the belt kind of. You know, like if you're doing what unified yeah, titles lineal. and whatnot, lineal champ. Yeah, and. um they make that fight. I think. Uh, I think they. We could see Francis back in the UFC versus John Jones. There's just nowhere else for Francis to be. Like nothing else really makes sense. Um, do you think Francis comes crawling back, or do you think that the UFC goes out and gets Francis? I think it may be a mixture of both. I think it could be a little bit of Francis seeing there's not as many options out there as they thought he was, and then the UFC realizing how much money's in this fight and them just kind of coming together and figuring something out because yeah because how else do you get francis on the b side other than john jones like that's why people claim he can't promote himself but he doesn't have to if he's fighting john john jones is the promoter yeah francis they just is the 
show the John Jones highlight reel, goat. They show fucking Francis knocking Alistair Overham's head off and how many <laughs> others. And it's, I mean, it promotes itself. I mean, if you want to go into the the storyline of Francis too, on some like embedded, there's some like ABC, like ABC or ESPN type short thing. Yeah. That and then just the idea that Francis came back, would be coming back for this fight. Yeah. Like yeah. this is a fight that they couldn't let her go. But I guess back to me saying like John Jones, he could retire now if he wanted to. Like, I don't, I guess my thing is I could see him fighting Stipe. I could see him fighting Francis. I don't think John Jones ever takes like a Sergey Pavlovich fight or anything like that. No, I don't think he ever even entertains that idea. I think there's, there's two fights left from it. Stipe and Francis. I don't see anybody else in the heavyweight division or the 205 division. That would be worth his time. And it's as we saw, like he only, you know, when he's fighting the bums, he doesn't, he doesn't get up for those fights. When he, when he has a big fight in front of him, he, he brings it. It sure does seem that way. So, um, let's jump into our recap because it's kind of in the same in the same boat here, and we'll probably want to focus a decent amount of our time on the recap. Although we do have a pretty sick fight night coming up, so I guess we'll split our time fairly evenly. But um, main event was only barely over two minutes long. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be that quick. I had conspiracies that maybe Cyril Gan was playing up, like faking an injury, saying his hand, like I thought maybe he was playing possum, like saying he I don't train my hand is broken, it's not healed, and they weren't going to let me change the date. I thought maybe he was trying to get John, because he knows, everybody knows John Jones like doesn't get up for fights that he's not motivated for. I actually think he didn't train. I actually think his hand was broken. I just think he didn't really want to fight. And he was just far outclassed. I just think he's a bum, and he always has been as well. So Also one of your takes. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad, gonna get you st- to, glad you <laughs> stuck with that one. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to toot my horn there a little bit in, uh, in our call-outs. But, um, yeah, I mean, John Jones looked as good as ever. Cyril Gaon looked like as big of a bum as ever. I mean, I don't know, but can he blame it on a hand injury when he literally didn't throw didn't land a single punch? He just landed a nut shot. Yeah, no, you definitely can't. And... Like John Jones was saying before this fight, Cyril Gaon is the most incomplete fighter I've ever fought. And I was like, you know, I thought that was kind of like head games and like uh, kind of like, um, you know, trying to trying to mess with him. But he but was not. I mean, he was 100% right. 50% of MMA is take down defense and wrestling and grappling. And he literally has zero. Yeah, he dragged him, zero. To, the, dragged him to the ground and got him in a guillotine against the fence. Yeah, and it didn't even... He didn't even fight the hands. He did. He just sat there and let him like let himself get strangled until he tapped. It was an embarrassing performance from Cyril Gaon. So, um, I mean, I think that just makes John Jones look all the better because most people, like all the casuals tuning into this, just see this like you know Hulk of a dude in Cyril Gaon and John Jones just could go run right through him. It just uh, you know makes the John Jones lore and goat conversation like that much bigger. Yeah, uh, to the GOAT conversation, like, it's not even really worth entertaining, but John Jones, uh, 15 title fight wins. Khabib had, like, 13 UFC fights total. Yeah, I mean, Khabib's 29-0 and 0 is, like, fucking how many bombs? I mean, uh, out John- of that, tw- out of 29-0, and 0, he fought at least 24 bombs, and all the, t- all the good guys he faced were not very good at wrestling. So it's like he never fought anybody who could give him a competition like we need to see him versus Volkanovski yeah that would be the I will stick to this like that would be the 
Khabib and, should never be even close to considered in the go conversation. He's like in I, the bottom of the top fucking ten for me. You're not alone in that either. You're not the only one saying like I. That's pretty common. Um, he was uh, the argument I hear is that he was like the most dominant while he was at the top of his game. But you gotta look at strength of schedule and style matchups. He never had a, a style matchup that didn't insanely benefit him. You're you're 100 right. Um, does John Jones move to 30 and 0 now too, or is he 29 and 0 now too? Did they get rid of that Matt Hamill loss? No, but I'm counting that as a win. Yeah, yeah obviously. I'm just I'm, comparing him head to head here. Is this? Yeah, tw- no, he's 29 and 0. So they're well, he's 29 fights, technically 27 wins, one no contest, one loss. Yeah, with um, with I think he only had six fights before the UFC or something. Maybe six. Yeah, I think six. So I mean, with most of those being in the UFC and most of those being like top contenders like he only fought like over half his fights are for titles yeah that's crazy man and all the stuff off the off the out, outside of the octagon that he's also fought a lot of battles there that's where all his losses are yeah exactly. he's almost 500 if you count that exactly and most of his L's have come outside of the cage or all of his L's really outside the cage but were they really else because he came back and he's just more dominant than ever so i mean you know you gotta go through some adversity you know yeah, exactly. He wouldn't be... And he can't get it in the cage, so... He should, like, they should teach, like, classes on his public, uh, his ability to keep, like, the public, keep his, like, image in the public positive somehow after all this stuff <laughs> he's done. Dude, not to bring up the past, but the guy literally hit a pregnant lady with his car, ran off, um, crashed his car numerous times. Um, Jesus died for your sins, Alex. And John Jones is a firm. He must. He goes to church every Sunday. You know where he was on Sunday morning? Church. He's tested pop. He, okay, if the crime doesn't bother you, then like the, he's popped for steroids like five dick times. Dick pills, dude. Gas station dick pills, which are proven to contain all types of illegal shit. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where the the uh, pectograms came from. Anyways. Not, yeah. not going to shake me. Don't. I'm not taking any moral high ground here. If anything, and he re- those have been re- his uh, his steroid suspension been retroactively cleaned off the record. So was it, or was that just like a fancy way? Was that just like a funny way to like kind of clear the air before the fight? They're like, no, I think like now if John Jones tested for that same amount of picograms right now before this fight, it would not be a positive drug test. Yeah. So the Sada is up the levels because their tests were so sensitive or something. And there's just random stuff like that and gas station dick pills and whatever, you know, probably some other tainted shit. Yeah. I mean, it might just be time for USADA to go. They've really just are causing more harm than good at this point. Yeah. I mean, I will, I don't know. They're not doing anything well, now. We, it seems we just like. have a, we just have a workaround now. Like when Nate Diaz got flagged and they were just like, no, never mind. And then didn't happen. We don't know what's happened with other guys. They changed the state that John Jones could fight in against the Gustafson fight. Like, yeah, and it's really like uh, not fair to fighters that live in the United States either, because they're the only body that only people that get tested. Everybody from other countries can just do steroids as much as they want until they enter the United <laughs> States, and then just make sure they're clean. Then, and it's not fair for John Jones because when he started his career, steroids were 100 percent legal. So, yeah, just want the guy to get off of them. That's not how it works. But anyways, well, you know, I think now, like you put on all that weight, they're saying it's impossible without without roids, but. It's probably on him, and I mean, his brothers are in the NFL and probably have access to the best steroids that, you know, are untestable that money can buy, so. True, true. That's why I think, my theory is, that's why he never actually got caught. I believe it was gas station dick pills, because (laughs) he 
could be getting the best steroids when he can buy that USADA would never catch from his brothers in the NFL. So why would he ever be just like taking Taranabal and stuff? Well, possibly because he's done some very erratic behaviors, but that's a very good point. Yeah, but either way, dominant performance, still the GOAT, still the public image, sky high, can only get back, only go up from here. Um, yeah, just a all around, could, the night couldn't have gone better for him. So great to see. Um, night couldn't have gone worse for Valentina Shevchenko. She was minus 600 against uh, Alexa Grasso. Um, I thought she might have some trouble in the stand-up, just maybe getting tagged up a little bit. Uh, figured she'd revert to wrestling and start and get into dominant positions. It looked like she went, she had some some spots early in the fight where she was um, looking like she was getting into a flow a little bit in the wrestling, the grappling, but she threw a lot of like lazy spin attacks, and it ended up costing her. Yeah, she definitely seems like she lost a step, right? Um, she's still good enough to, I think, you know, in a rematch, possibly beat Alexa Grasso, probably actually, uh, I think she was going to win the decision and probably would have going to be two, two going into that fifth round, but I think she probably pulls it out. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's completely over for her, but pretty much, I mean, I, I think she'll probably get the immediate rematch, right? I think you do Valentia. If you're going to do the immediate rematch, then you do, um, What's her name versus you do Talia Sant Talia Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield for as a title eliminator to fight the winner of Grasso Shevchenko, or if you want you do Grasso versus Santos Shevchenko. You can mix it up any mix up of those four mm-hmm. as like a almost like a four woman tournament would be sick. Yeah, Put them on the same card. I think maybe she beats Grasso in the rematch just because I I could see once they, a lot of times it seems like when people win the belt I don't know it just seems like. Beating her once is crazy. Beating her twice would be insane. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a little bit different. I mean, Grasso looked a lot more competitive than, like, when... Uh, Definitely what, more than a plus whatever than she Nunes was. Nunes when she got beat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I think Shevchenko probably wins the rematch, though. I think she was going to win a decision. Um, but, I mean, Grasso got that choke, and, man, and that squeeze must have been hard because it was not under the chin. Um, and Shevchenko still tapped it, but it started to get lower and lower as, as she got, it's not getting more, but I don't think it was ever completely under the chin. Did you see like the coloration? Like, yeah, on her face and then yeah. it looked like she had an insane sunburn and then like complete <laughs> paleness on like yeah. her jawline. Did you also see her try to do a sneaky tap where she just did one? Yeah. She was uh, hoping I, that she was going to I think go. everybody should do that. Like that's like, that'd be my go-to move. Like <laughs> one, wait a few seconds, do another one. Like, cause sometimes they let up. The, and you got just enough room to escape, and Judge doesn't know if it's a tap or if you're just kind of trying to punch or what. Stipe so. did that to Overeem, remember? Yeah, I mean, he 100% <laughs> did it. He tapped for sure. Took Overeem's belt. Um, one last point I want to make. Do you think that Shevchenko traveling around the world with literally just her sister and her sister's husband finally caught up with her, like not being at a gym full-time? Probably, yeah. That's it just weird. It's like, just weird. Yeah, where are you getting your sparring partners from and stuff? Like, it clearly looks like she's lost step in her game, and it's probably because sparring. Like, she's par- spar- only sparring partners are bum sister that she travels around with, but they're thruple. It's <laughs> strange. Very odd. Very weird. Yeah, like they just who knows where they were. Yeah, I don't know. She uh, she's clearly lost a little bit of a step. She's still obviously really good and better than most people in the division, but. Um, I mean, there's a lot of young up and comers up, coming up in 125, and uh, 
like we said, her reign is going to be short. It's going to be tough. Like, even if she does beat Alexa Grasso in the rematch, I don't, she's not going to hold on to the belt for much longer. Yeah, it's just so, it's so tough in this sport where you, you're going to lose eventually. Yeah. If you stick around long enough, you're going to lose. She's older too. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, so that was a, a parlay destroyer because it was a, she was minus six hundred, so there wasn't even that much there to be gained from her. But is that that's one that went wrong for you, right? Yeah, one of them. I mean, I didn't put her on all of them, but I had her on some of the bigger ones. Like once you get once you get over six fights or so, then a minus six hundred helps you out, you know. But um, yeah, so uh, she busted a few of them that would have been pretty big payouts. But um, I still had a few of them without her on there, and then I had some nice props. I had uh john jones by submission i had john jones by submission or decision i had shavkat by uh wins inside the distance so we made some money on some props and then uh at a parlay hit too so all right we got shavkat up next he was minus 500 i said that that was steep i still think that was steep that was a war an awesome fight shavkat 17 and 0 with 17 finishes um great exposure for him Jeff Neal came to came to fight. I think Jeff Neal. I think we saw a pretty good version of Jeff Neal. I don't think. I mean, I don't want to say it's the best version ever, but what are you going to do when you land your best punch fifteen times, twenty times, and the guy yeah. eats every single one of them? I mean, I think it could have been the best version of Jeff Neal we've seen. He looked unbelievable. I don't know if it was Jeff Neal looking really good or just Shavkat just not giving a fuck. Man. <laughs> I <He> forgot. Just... <laughs> yeah, I forgot that Jeff Neal annihilated Vicente Luque and was career best in his last fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just landing bombs, and Shavkat was just walking right through him. It was like, uh, it went out. It seemed like it was one of those things where Shavkat like. I don't know if his manager or whatever told him, like, this is where you make a name for yourself. You're on a, you know, your third fight down on a John Jones card um, and everybody's watching. So go out there and put on a fucking banger. And that's exactly what he did. So um, and I'm sure he got a ton of fans from it because it was just an absolute war. And he just walked through punch after punch when he could have got out of the way of a ton of those. It's not his usual style. No, um, not at all. Did he get fight? Did they get fight of the night? Yeah, they got fight of the night and Jeff Neal missed weight. And Dana said, uh, he's going to be the first guy ever to get the, uh, fight oh, of the night wow. bonus after missing weight. He said, this I for- guy he missed deserves weight it. by a lot. I forgot yeah, about that. Like two and a half, three pounds, three and a half pounds, something like that. Yeah, it was a lot. He missed weight by a lot. I thought he was going to be a total bum in this fight because I thought he was just uh, drunk Jeff Neal, the one that got gets in some trouble, but yeah, he looked he looked good. Shavkat just looked better, and to finish him off the way, he kind of got that John Jones Leota Machida where he choked him out and then just dropped him, and he yeah yeah that was pretty sick. Floor. That was I mean they were both just landing huge bombs. Shavkat, I, I think the body work paid off in the end. Like keep an eye on Shavkat too for submissions from here on out. That's how he finished. Uh, he's he's been submitting guys. He, no matter how bad he beats them, he did he finished. Cowboy Oliveira the exact same way. Beat, put a beating on him and then snatched him up and choked him out. It's weird. Some fights he fights completely safe and like doesn't get touched. And then, but he's still he, all still all finishes. It's like yeah. that's insane to be seventeen and zero with seventeen finishes. And then he just goes out and just goes to war with Jeff Neal. So that's that a, was a sick fight though. Crazy guy to go to war with too. Um, Matus Camrot, Jalen Turner, Jalen Turner at plus one forty five. We were both on this one. Felt like a pretty safe play. A lot of rumblings here, possible robbery scenario in the in the mix. Um, maybe not a robbery, but it could have gone either way. Uh, Scamrot at it again. You cannot trust this guy when it goes to the judges. He's going to get the call. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and Jalen Turner was plus 180 um, when the fight closed. So, yeah, it went up significantly. Um, and for the record, I don't actually think it was a 
robbery, but it was a close fight. I think it could have gone either way. Yeah, I don't think it was a robbery, but uh, yeah, what well, round one was close, right? Did Turn- Turner did he drop Gamron in round one? Yeah, I think so. It wasn't like a huge. It wasn't like a fight ending drop. That was kind of just like right. He kind of just like a flash knockdown, pretty much. He got back up pretty quick, right? Yeah, he like clipped him. Yeah. So, but to lose a round when you drop somebody, and it wasn't like. I mean, I know Gamrot finished on top, landing some ground and pound, right? Like, yeah, I don't remember how long was he on top for though. Was it was it that long? I don't know. I can look it up probably. But it was pretty um, short. Yeah, I thought I that Turner had control of the round for most of it. Yeah, I thought so too. But I don't know. Then a lot of people thought that that Gamrot won that first round, but I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was fairly close, and um, I think that uh, Turner definitely won the second round. Um, and, uh, and Gamrat definitely won the third. So, yeah, great fight though. I think that even if we didn't win our bet, we won our take that Jalen Turner's legit and, uh, definitely a top contender. At yeah. Some definitely. point, some point could easily be fighting anybody in the division. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was one of those fights where I think Jalen Turner also kind of lost the fight for himself. Like he just needed to stop maybe one or two more takedowns and he wins that fight like it was Mm -hmm. it was razor razor close and uh he just got a little sloppy at times and which caused you know him to get taken down and then lose the fight in the end i mean it's hard hard to win if you're on your back for too long so here we go got round one up here i mean jalen turner outlanded total strikes 23 to 14 jalen turner um gamrat got two takedowns um zero sub attempts though um, significant strikes were 12 to nine in favor of Jalen Turner and Jalen Turner got a knockdown and he lost that round. and he lost that round. I'm trying to see, I wish it would show control time on here, but it does not. Um, so yeah, I don't love that. I feel like Jalen Turner could have got the, could have got the decision there for sure. Yeah. And then yeah, round two. Oh, round two. Yeah. Significant strikes, 18 to 13. He kind of rocked him and, Oh, yeah, he got a knockdown in round two as well. Yeah, I remember that one. That round he definitely won, though, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, tough tough fight, tough loss. Um, sucks when you pick an underdog and they come this close, but it is what it is. And Yeah, it's just Jalen Turner, I felt like he just left a little bit. He just left a little bit out there. Like, he just needed to give a little bit more, and he would have won that fight. But yeah, what are you going to do? Close the door on it. Uh, moving on though, Bo Nickel, Jamie Pickett, Bo Nickel minus fourteen hundred. Not much to really debate here for that, outside of the fact that he did use. I thought he had a little trouble getting the uh, Jamie Pickett, who's uh, literally a nobody, getting him down at first. Uh, had to knee him in the balls to get him down. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't have a, f- a little trouble. He had trouble getting Jamie Pickett down. <laughs> yeah, like you think he should have been like for the Bo Nickel that we all hear about all the hype. Like you think he should be able to just double leg him and open in the middle of the octagon and take him down. But no, he had to get him up against the fence. He wasn't having any luck like taking him down. Like uh, Jamie Pickett had a pretty wide base, and Bo Nickel was struggling. Didn't look great in my opinion at that point. And then knees him in the balls and finish him rel- relatively quickly after that. So, known cheater, Bo Nickel. Um, <laughs> Are we throwing the fraud the fraud label on him now? Uh, I'm not. He did throw that crazy first kick where he ended up on his back. Yeah, which was, <laughs> that's like, yeah, exactly fraud level type <laughs> stuff that I'm talking about with this Bo Nickel. Like, I, I'm not willing to call him a fraud quite yet, Like, uh, but I'm I'm putting out like a, 
potential fraud alert here. But like in our UFC group chat, if you don't say that he's going to be like an undefeated four division weight champion, then you're that's essentially the same thing as calling him a fraud. Yeah, according to Terry. But I mean, it's like the amount of hype that he has is insane. Like for when you saw him try to strike in this fight, he threw two strikes like before I got to the ground. One, what he fell over throwing a kick, and uh, the second one was a nut shot. So, and I just, I just, we just, you don't learn anything. We didn't learn anything from what we saw. Yeah, he and beat a, up Jamie Pickett. Apparently, the choke he didn't even have held. He wasn't holding the choke properly that he finished Jamie Pickett with. So I didn't think Jamie only, Pickett was going to tap, but he held that thing for he had it on he had it on him for like two minutes. Yeah, so not only is like, I mean, he's a good wrestling. He's a good wrestler, right? But he's absolutely terrible at striking, and apparently he doesn't even know how to properly um, do submissions. So, um, I mean, what what's this guy going to do? So I, I don't think you do I'll say this. People soon, thought it was like he's on a fast track to a title shot. I think that would go very badly for him at this point. Yeah. Well, that's what we said last week, and we got we – got, confronted about it and i think we were proved right like i mean that did not look like somebody who's ready for the top of that marvin vittori would fuck him up i think i think it'd be right now if marvin if he had booked him versus marvin vittori right now he would not run through marvin vittori whatsoever i don't think that choke works on marvin vittori i don't think that choke works on a lot of guys um again we did they need to book him again quickly because he didn't get touched so book him book him again right away and let it let it play out as it may, but don't don't spend a year building him up after that. Like we still don't. We, there's so much we don't know. We didn't learn anything, in my opinion. Yeah, we need we need more. All right, Cody Garbrandt, Trevin Jones. Um, we're both on Cody Garbrandt here. He fought um, uh, a safe fight, a very un Cody Garbrandt style fight. He needed it. He fought it, and he got a win. Yeah, it looks like he's learning. I mean, first two rounds he fought pretty flawlessly for the most part. Third round, he kind of fell apart, but I think it was just more him being like, don't blow this. So he, but, and he kind of, I mean, he didn't almost blow it, but he did lose the round. Um, but I mean, first two rounds, he looked like Cody Garbrandt of old without just going for the kill. Just not red. near as many, not near as many swinging for the fence shots. You know, very but, quick movement. smart. Very he, fast hands. Good, you know. One thing too that he did in those first two rounds that we haven't seen him do in a long time. He's just like sneaky good at timing takedowns. Oh yeah, unbelievably quick at changing levels. And like, he was able to do that to Dominic Cruz in that fight. That was a huge part of that fight was that he probably had three or four takedowns where he just times them perfect. And he's so fast; they're almost like they're almost like football tackles. He's so fast and gets in there so quick, you just can't stop. And he did that again against Trevin Jones. We haven't seen that in a long time. I think that was a super underrated part of his game that he totally got away from. Yeah, he definitely needs to keep this style of fighting up. Like. I don't know if I, after this performance, do I think he's like ready to get back into like the title picture? No, not quite yet. We still have some questions about his chin. Trevin Jones, not necessarily a power puncher, not necessarily a great fighter, but yeah. at least it showed that he's moving in the right direction. I'm, I'm interested to see him take a step up, but not, not two or three steps up. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. Let's not get carried away, but uh, he needed this. If anybody needed to win on this whole entire card, it was, it was Cody Carbrandt. In the whole UFC. Next up, Derek Brunson, Drykus Duplessis. Drykus minus 240. I don't know how. Was this a bad line? Was this Brunson, did he not train for this fight? What was this? Or was this just typical Drykus getting beat up, but you can't finish this guy? I think that's just 
I think that's just what a Dracus Duplassus fight looks like, man. I mean, for first round, I'm like, remember, I was like, I think it's going to be Duplassus by knockout, but Brunson could win a decision here if he gets the wrestling going. And in the first round, it looked like that's the way it was going to go. And then Brunson tagged him a little bit. He got on wobbly legs, and then then he takes out Brunson at the end of the second. Brunson's corner throws in the towel. Um, probably the right move. Uh, at first, I was like, wow, they threw in the towel with one second left, but then Brunson couldn't get up onto the stool for like a minute. So I'm like, all right, it's probably the right move. Derek Brunson didn't train for this fight, right? Or he trained a little bit. He didn't train like he... he I'm not saying the guy doesn't run out of gas or hasn't in the past, but like he was just gone. This is a guy that's been pretty much at the elite level for like 10 plus years. He's 39 now. Um, he's always had like a funky, goofy style, but he's been pretty effective in how he fights. Maybe emptying the gas tank, trying to take out a, a, a guy like Dreykus is what finally did it, but he was just exhausted. Plus I thought, I thought that Derek Brunson retired. Maybe he came out of retirement Usually those guys are not quite as hungry as they used to be. Either way, maybe I'm just upset because I took, I actually took Derek Brunson here uh, on a value play, and it looked like I looked like a genius for about uh, what for a round maybe four minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, but yeah, I think he kind of emptied the gas tank, and I mean, Drakus once he hits you, like you, that's the thing about like cardio like if you get hit in the right spot you can lose your gas tank quick like we've seen guys with great cardio if you get hit it if you get your nose broken or, or something if you get rocked hard enough but you lose all your cardio Body it's shots, like, yeah anything. so and i mean Dracus Duplass, just the drunken sailor of MMA fighting, dude. He's just like he's such the a wobbliest, man. goofiest fighter I've ever seen, and somehow he always gets it done. So, And after the fight, he's always perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, he just starts walking around like normal. I don't know, maybe it's like a rope-a-dope type thing. I, does he know he's doing it, though? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I'm, I don't know what this guy is all about, but, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, getting some heat, though, for calling himself the real African fighter in the UFC. <laughs> He is an African fighter, right? He is, but he's getting some heat for because he's calling out Kamara Usman and those other guys saying that they don't actually train in Africa. But, you know, I guess oh, he's, he's got a point. Yeah. Um, Were they even born in Africa? Dreykus is full-blooded, right? Yeah. Born and raised. Arguably, though, a colonizer because he's South African. That's true. So Splitting hairs, though, I mean, whatever. But, I mean, they're all African. <laughs> Let's just say it. Leave it at that. Yeah. Um, all right, Viviana Rouge over Samantha Rebos. I was very wrong about this one. Not that I didn't think Rebos had the skills to do this, but uh, I didn't see her dropping Arujo. I didn't, and I didn't see her uh, beating up Arujo like she did. Yeah, I mean Arujo had her moments kind of earlier, but I mean Rebos looked good. I mean the first round she didn't look good. She was like jumping all around. She looked nervous. She looked <coughs> weird. Arujo looked like she was going to put it on her. She kind of busted her up early in the first, and then after that. Rebus settled in and, and just kind of, you know, Aruja started to gas like normal, and Rebus just kept putting it on her. And, yeah, Rebus took her out. So, yeah, we were wrong on this one. But, I mean, this is kind of a 50-50 fight, I thought. Like, it could have easily gone where Aruja won enough of the second round to to get the decision to or something, you know, but it, it didn't. I mean, Rebus definitely fought a pretty good fight. I just thought she started off kind of weird and different that's how she's looked in her last few fights so like she maybe getting hit like knocked her back to normal yeah i don't know but she yeah she looked good overall it was just uh it, it looked like it took her a while to settle in but once she did she 
yeah. pieced her up. Yeah, I just didn't see. I thought Arujo was the one with the power, and the and Rivas was the one with the sketchier chin. So and Arujo, like she's one of those fighters that can go from power to literally zero power to pillow fists, and in literally like ten seconds. She has no gas tank. That's her no. biggest flaw. She kind of looks small too. But anyways. Um, Last one we'll go over here, Ian Gary versus Kine- 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 Song Kanan. Um, Ian Gary got tested here pretty good. He got rocked in that first round. Yeah, man. And I mean, if Song Kanan was smarter. I think he had a chance to finish that fight. But Yeah, what an idiot. I mean, he had <laughs> Gary on the ropes, and he clinches up. How many times do we have to see fighters do this, like just completely blow potential victories? It's by, so weird. Like you have a guy on the ropes, like, and you clinch. It's like break the clinch, and he's on – He's on wobbly legs. Like, take him out, man. And the difference between this and boxing is there actually are no ropes. So you just have the guy in open space, and he's stumbling for his life. Yeah, and it it was just it was a bad move for Song. Credit to Ian Gary, though. I mean, this guy kind of looks like the real deal. Um, at this point, we haven't really seen him against a wrestler, but as far as the striking goes, yeah, I mean, he looks legit. I mean, he got tested there. He could have got taken out against a smarter fighter, higher IQ fighter, but. Um, he didn't, and he came back, and you know his head movement. That I think he threw this combo. I, I watched it on a replay of it where he throws. I think body punch. Keenan Song counters. He moves it, just gets right out of the way of the shot. Comes back with a body punch and a straight right. It was insane. It looked so slick, striking. Um, he's really good on the feet. Yeah, his biggest red flag is that he's gotten rocked in every single fight, but. Yeah, He's and he definitely, took his wife's last name. But <laughs> That's the biggest red flag of them all. But uh, getting rocked in every fight is not a good look. If he doesn't get that under control, like eventually there's not enough Song Canons and uh, uh, Darian Weeks is out there yeah. to keep this thing going without... Because you know he's good enough. It's just a matter of whether he can. And when he gets, yeah, he gets rocked, he makes mistakes that cause him to get rocked, too. It's like the the head movement and stuff that he has, like, he doesn't need to take these shots. He just gets a little too over-aggressive trying to get the early finish, ends up getting rocked, and then kind of reins it in. So he just needs to be more disciplined and and kind of go after the counterpunch straight from the beginning instead of uh, trying to make something happen, just let it come to him. Yeah, I think that's a good way to break it down. So... Um, yeah, that's pretty much a pretty, uh, complete, uh, recap here. Obviously that was a big card. We definitely want to spend more time on our recaps for those ones. Um, yeah, I, I just like to say, man, it just lived up to the hype. I was watching it at boondocks. Um, I'll kind of like a quick review of that. A lot of people were there for the, pretty much everybody was there to watch the fights. Place was packed. I didn't know what the atmosphere would be. So, um, the only major, uh, criticism i have is they didn't turn the sound on until the co-main event until the co-main yeah you gotta put the sound on for the whole main card main card main card minimum other than that though literally everyone seemed like they were there for the fights damn that that had been a good time because it looked packed so i wanted to get out but i once it came time to i just i couldn't i just stayed home for this one but i definitely probably going to be out for what time does that london card at is that going to be a weird time or is it going to be on is the, the next u.s time? yeah it's one in two weeks dude it'd be sick if it was on that during the day Boozman one let's, let's find out real fast I would love the last london card was on during the day actually the last london card ended at uh like it ended at like noon 286 main card starts at 2 p.m let's go that is 10 a.m early prelims um noon 
for the prelims and uh, main card starting at two. I think we do a day drinking day in uh, in Old Town for that. That would be great. That sounds like a, the weather's getting nice. Um, sun's starting to come out. Seems like that has a, that's a good uh, spring has sprung moment. Yeah, that's a plan. What day is that one? That is March 18th. All right. That sounds like a good one to me. Let's do it. All right, so back to this card. Just put a put a bow on it and move on. Great card, great showing. Um, John Jones is back. All the big stories. There's all a million big storylines. A lot of great promo leading up to it. Card delivered. Um, always great when that happens. So uh, we can move on though to our segments. Our isn't he awesome and our real world call out. So who do you got this week? Isn't he awesome? We'll go friend of the pro- program, John Bones Jones. Same. Uh, I have him as well. Yeah, I mean, wh- what can you say about the guy? I mean, he's just. Comes back, looks as dominant as ever. Completely solidified himself as the goat. All the anybody who doubted him has to admit that he's the goat now. If you want to hang on to that PEDs, I mean, dick pills do not count as PEDs. They were picograms. I mean, if you could tell me how big a picogram is, then I mean, it's nothing. It's a grain uh, of salt in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Yeah, it's 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 literally nothing. So you had a what like fifty grains of salt in an Olympic swimming pool? It's ridiculous. Um, that's definitely the amount in the gas station dick pills. So he never tested positive as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's just the man. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he gets up for every big fight. Um, I guess you can give him kind of a little bit of shit for just, you know, but who can get up to fight bums like Dominic Reyes? Like it is what it is there. You've been saying Dom Reyes was a fraud from the start. I got a good fraud detector. That's for sure. So friend of the program, John Bones Jones, shout out. We love the guy. He's not, he's not the Nick Diaz army level, but uh, he's second second place in my book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's also as my in my as awesome as well. Um, but any others for you? No, well, well, Shavkat Rachmanov. We'll give a shout out to him. Just well uh, deserved. Well deserved. Absolute war. Went. You know, I think he made. I think his stock rose more than any other fighter on this card. I mean, John Jones' stock obviously rose, but. Um, I'd say his stock rose even more than Alexa Grasso pulling off the upset versus Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, that was fight of the night. Like, anybody tuning in that didn't know him, like, they definitely know him now. They're definitely tuning into his next fight. Yeah. Um, it was it was a uh, a must-win, and the performance that he put on in, in that showing was just absolutely unbelievable. So um, the chin that this guy has is unreal. If those that's, po- <laughs> that's the tool that's going to carry him the farthest. Yeah, I mean, unless he keeps doing those wars and loses it, he has a Diaz level chin from what I saw against Jeff Neal. I mean, those were some shots that would have put, I think, almost anybody else out in the division, and he Jeff, took about fifteen of them. So Jeff Neal just put out Vicente Luque, who a lot of people thought had the best chin in the division. Yeah, so yeah, new best chin in the division, Shavkat Rachmanov, um, absolute monster. He he seems like. He's completely well-rounded. He's got everything you need. He's got wrestling. He's got takedown defense. He's got power. He's got a chin. I mean, this guy's the real deal. All right, perfect. Who you got for your call-out this week? So kind of alluded to it already, but um, Cyril Gahn. I have uh, been calling Gahn a fraud, overrated, a bum, and much, much more from uh, day one of him fighting in the UFC and it, uh it feels pretty good, honestly, to finally be vindicated on this tape because uh, you had to sit on it. For there a was long a, time. there was a stretch of time where uh, where it wasn't looking too good for me on on this take, but I stuck to it. I continued to call him a bum, and uh, you know, stuck to my guns, and it finally it paid off. We can officially say 
Cyril Gant, complete fraud at this point. I mean, when you get your steamrolled that easily, when there's that big of a glaring hole in your game and you don't seem to be doing anything to improve it, the dude is a bum. He doesn't seem dedicated. Um, yeah, okay, he's a little bit, he's a light on his feet striker who can, uh, if somebody, if he's fighting somebody who's not going to take him down, that, that has no clue how to wrestle or whatever, then okay, he'll be a good fighter. But unfortunately, that's only 50% of the game in MMA, and uh, you're a bum if you can't stop a simple takedown or, you know, if you don't even try to fight the hands when you're getting submitted. So, Cyril gone, bum, always has been fraud. Um, no, I hope, but we're never going to see from this guy again. What's, what, I mean, where does he go from here? He's completely exposed. Um, That's the problem, yeah. Has the blueprints out. I'd say they put him against Curtis Blades and send him off into the sunset. For that fucking Ferdinand guy from France, he gets these giant heavyweights <laughs> and fucking just uh, runs him into the ground. Best, best thing Nagano ever did was leaving that loser. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. You were in a bit of a conundrum there for a while with the fraud, calling Cyril Ghana fraud when he was looking pretty good, but now you're back uh, You're back on top. Sometimes you just... You got to stick to your takes, man, and, and if you feel strongly about it, they'll uh, you'll come through. So that's what uh, some of the life advice for you there. All right, you got anybody else to call out? No, just Cyril Ghana. And his trainer, Ferdinand Jones, or Ferdinand Lopez, I mean. Ferdinand Lopez, yeah, yeah. fucking dork. Is Lopez a French last name? How's he live in Paris? Yeah, he sounds Mexican to me. Yeah, it sums up. Um, my, he's from Spain. That's true. Could he's like literally neighboring countries? All right, my is the awesome John Jones, obviously, but Nick Diaz, number two. I stole this one from you, poached it from you. I even gave you a chance to take this when I sent it in the chat earlier today. Says he wants to fight soon. Um, not does not want to fight John Jones, but would like to fight uh, Adesanya or Pereira. Um, so either one, he's ready for either one. He wants to fight the best and only the best. Um, sounds confident, which you have to think it means he's obviously been training best shape of his life at age, what, 40? Yeah. I mean, if he says it, I believe it. So you have to, you got to give him another chance. Things didn't look good. Uh, is he going to be fighting at 85 from now on? That was not planned in his last fight against Robbie Lawler. He just missed white severely. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that if he is in the best shape of his life, that means he can get back to 170, but I mean, it seems like Nick and Nate don't like to fight in the same divisions, and Nate's been fighting 170, but Nate's no longer in the UFC, so I guess Nick can go back down now. Either way, he said he wants to fight soon. Do you think they actually give him a fight? Yeah. I mean, Dana said he would after the last fight even. So, I mean, after he looked like he came off a bender and that Robbie Lawler fight, Dana said they were going to give him another fight. So I think he's done enough to deserve one, and if um, – Oh, I think he's got enough bad. The UFC's done enough bad stuff to him that he deserves. One. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I hope they, uh, you know, maybe uh, bring him out to the UFC PI and make sure he's in as good of a shape as as he says he is before they book him against an absolute killer. But uh, I'd like to see him in there again if he's uh, if he's up to it. Yeah, maybe we'll see him fighting for the belt, like he said. Um, call out this week, not UFC related. John ja Morant. NBA related. Oh my God! What a dumbass! <laughs> this guy's a bozo, dude. He's on a he's on an absolute warpath to get himself out of the NBA and into the hood. Where most guys want to get out of the hood into the NBA, this guy wants to get out of the NBA into the hood. Yeah, it's a weird thing. A lot of guys once they get out of the hood, they just want to get back in it. Though there's he, a certain he was, he was never in it. I don't believe. I think he was. Uh, I think he was uh, like a normal suburban kid, from what I've gathered. I think those are the worst ones that like got to prove themselves. Yeah, exactly. They you know. Plus, did you see like 
it was nothing cool. He just pulled a gun out and stuck it up to the camera on his own, like, IG Live or something. Dude, and it looked like a twenty two man. It was a little baby gun. It looked like a water pistol. It looked like that, the midget cricket from Men in Black. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> they give Will Smith the tiny gun and everyone laughs at him. Right, but um, <laughs> on part of my take, I was listening to it, and I've from what they said, apparently your strip club gun has to be a small gun because you don't want it going off during a lap dance. So Plaxico Burris. Yeah. So you need a you need a tiny pistol for your strip club gun. Then don't be flashing it though. Like have yeah. it strapped to your ankle. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like wait to take the picture until you're outside of the strip club with your big gun. <laughs> He's got what, two hundred plus million signed contract? Like why doesn't he just have a security guard with him? Yeah. You look way cool. Take it take some advice. Take it from Floyd Mayweather. You look way cooler when you're walking around with a whole group of like six nine guys with guns. You don't need the gun. Yeah, you definitely don't need the gun. That's just going to la- lead to to bad things happening. And luckily for him, the best of the bad things happening is you just taking an Instagram Live video with it or something and not actually accidentally firing it or, or getting killing a fight somebody. Have some, some, yeah, yeah I mean, it. so, I mean, I think it was the best of the worst-case scenarios for him here. But, um, I mean, between this and you know, the like beating been, up of the 17-year-old... Seems like it's been one thing after another. Um, yeah, the guy's just making bad decisions, which, I mean, man, when you're that young and you got that much money, you make some bad decisions, I guess. But, like, dude, Something, come on. Yeah, I think uh, selfishly, like, it would suck because he's probably the most fun guy to watch in the Uf- uh, UFC and the NBA. Between him and Luca, I think, are the two most fun guys to watch. Yeah, he's the... Uh, he's, like, the most explosive guard since Derrick Rose in his prime. Yeah, like the jump, like you know, the way that he can just jump and just expl- the explosion that he has. It's uh, you know, not tri- many guys have. He tries that. to dunk everything, which is I respect that. Yeah, you got to. But yeah, hopefully the explosions are just on the court and not off of them. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, he's got to uh, he's got to figure it out because um, you'd hate to see a uh, that much potential wasted on just doing some dumbass shit. Yeah, hopefully not, but we'll see. Uh, some people are just hell-bent on destroying their own lives, but hopefully he figures it out before he does. So uh, that's my call. Are you ready to move on to our uh, our preview here? Yeah. Uh, one last thing on that. I think they said, like, what he reached out to, like, Ray Lewis for advice or something or, or something insane like that or – was oh no that, <laughs> that was some was, other guy that no, they were that talking was, about on part of my take that the college was, bas- or college yeah i know player. what you're talking about now you're talking about that that i heard that uh where did i hear that at that was the college it was on part of my take some college kid was involved he loaned his gun to somebody and they yeah, murdered there's somebody a lot of, there's a lot of gunplay going on right now it's getting popular again gunplay gun gunplay kind of peaked in the early 2000s and then it went away for a while and now it seems like it's back with a vengeance yeah who, that who was got a, caught with one in the locker room and stuff that was like uh, gilbert the, arenas gilbert arenas yeah um so the one you're talking about i read about this one was the alabama kid gave a gun to his friend and teammate who ended up using it in a murder and then they t- talked to ray lewis about it but then and this kid's like a top five draft pick and then in it, not not in his first game back. In his first game back, he scored forty something. And then in his next game back, he, they did the pat down when he did his the starting lineups, like checking him for a gun. Not a smart move. Um, no, it's not really uh, a good a, move to make be making light of a murder that you <laughs> supplied the weapon for. Possibly an accessory to, but it's very strange because they don't know. He drove his car back, and the guy got the gun out of it, but he gave the guy a ride there, so they don't really know. It sounds like he's not going to get anything, but 
It's a, that one's really funky, but yeah, let's, let's hope John Morant doesn't get to that level, but that one's weird. That one. Yeah. Ray Lewis was given advice on that one, which I can't imagine <laughs> Ray Lewis's advice. Well, he got off, so he's probably a good one to get advice from. Yeah. And so did this kid. So maybe it worked. Yeah. <laughs> We have, we never if we ever uh, are possibly involved in a homicide. We know who to talk to. And if John Morant gets in trouble, he knows who to call. So, yeah, maybe we just uh, saved him some more trouble. Maybe maybe that's why he's not worried in the first place. But either way, <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like guns are making a comeback. That's not a great thing. But anyhow, let's move on to our preview. We actually have a yeah. pretty sick leave your guns at home, folks. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a pretty sick fight night here. Is this going to be in the apex, or is this going to be on site somewhere? Uh, this is on site somewhere. They're not at the Apex for a while, I heard. Um, this is in, I can tell this real quick. It is It is in UFC Fight Night. Um, maybe I can't tell you that quick. Uh, hold on, I got it right here, though. Uh, here we go. Uh, why wouldn't it say it on the ESPN's website? Um, I thought I'd be able to tell us, but I obviously can't. Um, but I know that. It, oh, here it is. It's in. It's in Las Vegas at. Put this over white, over white. Uh, it's at some theater in Las Vegas, so it's not an Apex card. It's an actual, an actual a in a theater in Las Vegas. In a theater, it's super weird. I looked up tickets. Look at this. Um. I can't even. I'm clicking on best fight odds. And I can't get it to pop. So sometimes you can get the. Sometimes you can get the venue. To pop. Gotta reload it. There we go. Hey, well, let me click it. Buy, buy tickets. Buy tickets. So we got Petter Jan. Petter Jan headlining in Las Vegas in a random theater. Yeah, it's in a theater. Like it's really weird the layout of this place too. So. Um, yeah, it's a strange setup, but it's uh, it's definitely not at the Apex. It's going to have a crowd, so I'm glad. It doesn't seem like they're going to be in the Apex for a while from what uh, from what I've been hearing. That's great news because I am sick of the Apex. I really can't stand the Apex. I know the Cheeto Vera fight is not at the Apex either, so. Yeah, I knew that one wasn't. Um, let's see what the – I'll see if I can find it. I'm very cons- – Fight night, Jan. Versus. The theater at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Interesting. So that's strange and interesting. It looks like a weird place. Yeah, look at the look at the layout. So, like, the octagon, like, Basically, and there's, like, seats on the stage. Like, the like if you're sitting on the floor, you're sitting on the stage, it looks like, and then there's theater seats going all the way back. It was called The Joint from... <laughs> <laughs> from 95 to 2020 it was named the joint as part of the hard rock later virgin hotels all right well interesting better uh, than the apex but i don't anything. think it's the uh, ideal like, venue kind of looks like the apex the way it's there's no f- seats on one side <laughs> right but either way uh we got a peter yan fight you know i'm a big peter yan guy uh we got marab fighting peter yan uh interesting matchup here um, for several reasons, but uh, Peter Yan does come in as a pretty steep favorite, minus 275. Um, Marab, plus 210. Was I making this up when I said that maybe oh, it was closer when it opened, minus 175? Um, yeah, we talked about this last night. Um, I love Peter Yan, but he's just got me in so many dicey situations in these last few fights, whether it's kneeing a downed opponent, 
losing a close decision to Aljamain that I thought he won, and then getting absolutely robbed. This guy could be easily be undefeated still in his career, but instead he's on a skid, three-fight losing skid, and uh, they gave him Rabd Al-Shavili, Aljamain's best friend, BFF. Aljo will probably be in Rab's corner, and uh, maybe Peter Yan can get some revenge here. Yeah, I think Peter Yan gets his revenge here. I'm going Peter Yan. I am pretty confident in this pick. Um, just a little bit of breakdown here. Uh, Peter Yan has a 90% takedown defense. He does not get taken down. The Eljo fight, like people remember it as Eljo being able to take him down. Here's some stats. Eljo went two for 22 on takedowns in that fight. Wow. Um, two for 22 in takedowns. Just so happens the two times Aljo got him down, Aljo has some of the best top control in the UFC. He throws that body triangle on you and you're not getting out of it. So he wins those rounds and that happens. Marab, he goes for plenty of takedowns, doesn't always get them. The ones that he does get, um, he lets the guy back up. He gets 11 takedowns in a round because he can't hold a guy down. So, um, I mean, Peter Jan, I think. So, just look at this. Marab, his last fight against Aldo, he won the fight. Um, How many takedowns do you think he got in that fight? I don't remember. It was a weird fight. 0 for 16. Jeez. Yeah, so Aldo, Jan has pretty good, I mean, one of the better takedown defenses. If, if Aljo could only get him down twice in 22 times. Um, I mean, Rob could not get Aldo down in 16 attempts. Um, I don't think this is going to the ground. In a stand-up fight, I think Peter Jan is going to rock Marab. And, I mean, Marab's going to basically have to just win this fight by just pushing him up against the cage and attempting takedown after takedown and not letting Peter Jan get any strikes up but that doesn't win you rounds anymore you got to get strikes so i mean i think peter yan's gonna land the more devastating blows rob he's shown a you know he gets, that rocked. he gets rocked quite often i think peter yan is gonna rock him he may possibly finish him but rob has an insane chin i wouldn't be surprised if it ends up going to decision or over five rounds if uh, peter yan finally is able to take him out i just think that rob while he has an insane gas tank I don't know. I guess Marab to win this, he has to, you know, attempt a hundred takedowns and tire Peter Jan out completely, like just make him so he can't yeah. stand anymore, you know? Um, but I think Peter Jan's takedown defense is, is very good. And I think Marab, it, it, he just has that cardio and that ability to keep going after takedown after takedown, which eventually leads to guys breaking. But I think, uh, I think Peter Jan's going to be able to stuff most of those takedowns. And if he does get taken down, I think he's going to get right back up. I think he's going to land the more powerful shots. And I think, I think Peter Jan's uh, a good pick in this fight. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much always rest side with Peter Jan. He's just put me in a bad spot, losing three fights that were should have won. I mean, his toughest fight ever was Sean O'Malley. I thought he won that fight. but Yeah, and he struggled against Aljo and, uh, and O'Malley, huge for the division, right? Yeah, Marab, not. Yeah, and I mean, just I think Peter Jan's still one of the most well-rounded, most efficient fighters in any division. So, um, like to see him kind of get back on track and put on one of those clinics that he, he kind of was on a on a roll putting on for a while there. So, uh, next up, Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. So the Alex is all fighting each other. Uh, Volkov plus one thirty-five, Romanov minus one sixty-five. This is an interesting fight, mostly because. Volkov is a veteran. He's won a lot of fights. He's been at the top of the division forever. Where Romanov has been shown signs that he can be extremely dominant, especially in the wrestling. 
but he definitely gasses out. So if it goes past what one one and a half to two rounds, it definitely swings into uh, definitely swings into Volkov's favor. But we saw a guy like Aspinall take Volkov down and put him away, and within seconds of getting him to the ground. So uh, that's right up Romanov's alley. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I was going back and forth on this one. I just I don't trust Romanov's cardio. But I don't trust Volkov at all. Volkov's a guy that made Greg Hardy look good, man. He almost True. lost to Greg Hardy in a five-round fight. Like, I mean, and then, but there's other times that he looks great. So he just seems like he's pretty inconsistent of a fighter. Um, I mean, he had a very close um, decision, a split decision, I believe, um, against who was Romanov's last opponent. Um, what's his name? Um, God, how am I blanking on it right now? Um, Marcin Tybura. Um, Volkov had a close split decision, but Marcin Tybura beat Romanov. I guess if you're going MMA math, then it's Volkov, but I don't think it is. I think Romanov, I think he gets the takedown. Uh, I think he needs to finish him early, but even if he doesn't, I think Romanov will have enough gas to win the first two rounds, most likely. And I think Volkov, for as big as he is, he's not really a power puncher. Um, Unless Romanov cannot move whatsoever, I think he's able to survive the third round and get a decision here. So we'll go Romanov. This is not one I'm extremely confident in, though, so just take that into mind when you're betting this fight. All right, there you have it. Um, Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann. This is a throwback from two weeks ago. This fight was supposed to happen, and Nikita Krylov got food poisoning. So they pushed it back. We got Nikita Krylov minus 175, Ryan Spann plus 145. This is fairly close to what the odds were last time. Um, I think Krylov was a little bit bigger favorite, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he may have been a little more of a favorite. This is one where we, we kind of went back and forth just because Nikita Krylov is like uh, kind of like do not touch territory for me because he's burned me too many times where Ryan Spann also is kind of in that boat, but he's been on a little bit of a run lately. I don't know what to make of this fight. We've had two extra weeks to think about it, and I'm not any closer to uh, picking one or the other. Yeah, I think I think it settled me more on going Ryan Spann on this fight, right? Um, Nikita Krylov pulling out last minute because of food poisoning basically means bad weight cut, right? And two weeks, he's got to cut weight again here. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to be in the best shape. Ryan Spann, absolute monster. Um you know, if he did, if it was in fact a bad weight cut and he's got to do another weight cut in two weeks, you know, two weeks later, um, chin might not be the best. Ryan Spann is not a good fighter to go up against if you don't got a great chin. I think Ryan yep. Spann is is going to land the knockout blow. Um, that's how I think it's going to go. It could very well go. Krylov sm- fights a smart fight and is able to uh, piece him apart from the outside, kind of tire him out and, and win a decision. But I think Ryan Spann is going to land some power and, and knock out Krylov. All right, there you have it. That's uh, a decent breakdown right there. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. Saeed Nurmagomedov minus 250. Jonathan Martinez plus 200. Interesting fight here. Um, I think Saeed Nurmagomedov has looked pretty good. Jonathan Martinez is probably better than he gets credit for. I think he's gotten dropped a couple times. That's made people kind of second-guess him. But he is really fast. He does have some decent tools. just think that Saeed Nurmagomedov has looked uh, uh, quite a bit better than... um, I mean, Sayyid Nurmagomedov appears to be, as far as Nurmagomedovs go, one of the better up-and-coming ones and uh, the real deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, Say, so I'm going Sayyid Nurmagomedov on this one. It seems like he's got a pretty well-rounded game. He's beat guys like uh, Cody Stamen, um, that uh, Douglas De Silva and Drage. I mean, he, 
strength of schedule, I think, is a little bit better than Jonathan Martinez. I mean, he beat up uh, old Cub Swanson, right? Um, Vince Morales, Andre Perez. I mean, I uh, lost to Davey Grant, um, so he may not have the best chin. And say Ma- Ma- Martinez, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, he was winning every second of that fight, and he got clipped. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Zayden so Megamadoff, he seems like out of the Megamadoffs, he's got by far the best striking yeah, of any of them. Yeah, he's pretty good and, standing. Yeah, I, I think I like Zayden in this one, so. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet. Anytime you see your Megamadoff, it's just kind of how that works. They don't put them up against uh, fights they think they're going to lose. Um, speaking of Davy Grant, Davy Grant, Rafael Sunsau. Davy Grant minus 140, Rafael Sunsau plus 115. Davy Grant, the most British guy of all time. Um... Skill set, solid, mostly just a power puncher, though. He's got some – and when I, I don't say there's a slight, like the guy finds a way to land his biggest shots usually. A Sun Sao seems to be over the hill. I, if this fight went down, what, six, seven years ago, five, six years ago, a Sun Sao probably would be a big favorite. But he's kind of a – he's old. He's got to be 40, right? He's probably close to that. He is uh, – let's see here, 40. Yep. Bang. Yeah, Hassan South's slowed down significantly in the past few years, and Davy Grant's looked decent. But um, you say that, but his last fight was uh, he got a pretty easy decision win over Victor Henry, who looked like an absolute stud versus Rayoni Barcelos. He also fought Victor Henry fighting on this card. So say that, but he still surprises you from time to time. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I do remember that fight now because we were both huge on Victor Henry. I think he was like minus 350 or something. Yeah. And he blew it for both of us. He's um, a parlay buster, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Sao, uh, I the things that I always relied on him for was like his chin, and then he ended up getting knocked out a couple times. Um, he's kind of slow. I don't know. 40 years old is tough to be a smaller fighter. Yeah, it is, but I'm going I'm going to Sun Sao in this one. He's won me some money in the past on some uh on some upsets in the Marlon Marias one. Um he lost the second time. People forgot he won the first one. But um, was it? Yeah, it was a Sunset that beat him, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Split decision. But, uh, yeah, I think a Sunset. So it's just a Sunset has got to he's got to avoid that devastating power of Davy Grant. The one thing that Davy Grant has is power. It's com- he's seems like he telegraphs it so much. Like it's so slow the way he wings these punches, but somehow they land on almost everyone. Way, it's he crazy. Finds a way to land it. I think a Sun Sao is a pretty smart fighter though. Um, I mean, it's going to, I'm going to be on pins and needles just like hoping he doesn't get knocked <laughs> out. But, um, you know, I think he, he, he's a veteran. He's savvy. I think he can kind of avoid it and maybe, uh, pull out a decision win here. So I'm going a Sun Sao and I, if I'm going a Sun Sao, I'm probably going, by decision um let me see what we can get that for here if you want to i don't know if they'll even have props out but um yeah a sun sao wins by decisions like plus 190 to plus 220 depending on your book so or plus 175 to plus 220 so i mean that seems like what a lot of people are thinking you don't even get much (laughs) much value over the plus 120 there so um, yep. Yeah, Sun Sao by decision is what I'm going with here. All right, I think I'm leaning Davy Grant. I would say a Sun Sao, but he's just so he. The last few times I've seen him fight, he's just been so slow that he may see the punch coming, but he may not be able to get out of the way. Either way, you know, like at this point in the card, it's just. I mean, he pieced up Victor Henry. I know. I. I yeah. I. It, 
it's in the it's in the back of my mind because I thought Victor Henry was like the next big thing, and then, he's a lot faster, a lot better fighter than Davy Grant. So yeah, I guess we'll see, and that we'll get a little preview because we'll see Victor Henry against Tony Gra- Gravely, which Victor Henry's be minus one forty, Tony Gravely might plus one fifteen. Um, yeah, Tony Gravely goes for the takedowns, yeah, gets him a lot. A, I mean, that's gonna. He's going to put on a, a tough fight for Victor Henry there. I think that's a close fight. I was originally going to put that on the picks, but then I'm like, I don't know which way this one's going to go. Like I could, And I, if we didn't just see him lose to a sunset, Victor Henry, that is, I'd, I'd say Victor Henry easy. But, um, I mean, Dave, or what Tony Gravely is going to go, you know, he, he's in it. He's a dog, so he's going to go after takedowns. He's going to give it his all. So it's going to be a, you know, it's going to have to be a dog fight. Victor Henry's going to have to dig deep for it. So, yeah, he's uh, if there's one way, one way to describe Gravely's skill set, it's just that he's a dog. Yeah, exactly. We're going to find out if Victor Henry has the dog in him or not because he seems more like a uh, a pretty um, a decently skilled fighter, but we don't know if he's got that. He had the dog versus Randy Barcelos. I know, but, but we've also Randy Barcelos has kind of looked like crap lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. It's hard. This one's hard. These earlier fights are tough. You never know which guy. It, it, these guys, too, that if we've only seen them a couple times, it's hard to really say um, what's going to happen. So, Especially some of these guys would show up from fight to fight looking completely exactly, different. Exactly, completely different, inconsistent, bad weight cuts. You never know. You never know who's going to show up. It's That's why the guys at the top of the card, we've seen so much of them. We know they're consistent. Um, so that's just our excuse if we're wrong. Um, but anyways, uh, anything else on this card to take a – you wanted to point out? This is Like I said, this is a pretty solid fight night. Yeah, we got a solid fight night here. I'm excited, and it leads us into a sick pay-per-view next week, and then uh, following up by a another good few a fight nights. Holloway and, to close out the month. Um, have you seen anybody calling this uh, March M-M-A-R-C-H? Because uh, there's so many good fight cards this month. No, March Madness, MMA style. Yeah, M-M-A-R-C-H for March. March Madness. Yeah, Great. so. so Oh, actually, we go. So we got this fight, Jan versus. We got 286 coming next. And then UFC on ESPN, Vera versus Sandhagen. And then the next card is going to be UFC 287, Pereira versus Adesanya. And then you got UFC Fight Night, Holloway versus Allen. So that is on April 15th. So, and then Fight Night, Pavlovich versus Blade. So you got, we got like, dude, card after card coming up. This is, uh, this is a good time to be an MMA fan, that's for sure. Yeah. When's the last time we've seen this many cards, like from fight nights to pay-per-views that were all that now? all look good? How does this happen? It'll, probably because we just saw bums fight for a month straight, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, how does this happen where we get all bums for two months, we're complaining the whole time, and the next thing you know, it's like... We got two months here of just solid we cards. Got two insane pay-per-views that only are, have a week in between. Like sometimes you don't get a pay-per-view. Sometimes you get a pay-per-view every other month. And yeah, and we don't have bad fight nights. We have great fight nights in between them too. So yeah, honestly, uh, it sucks because we might have a couple months where we're just like totally burnt out watching terrible fight nights. But it's kind of sick when you get to this point of the year. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, we got we got a good month and a half here of some sick fights, and then. I'm a little worried what we're going to have after that. But it sounds like July we'll have that Steve Bay versus, uh, versus John Jones fight to look forward to at least. Yeah, we got a lot coming up, but I guess we better not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, I'll take it one one event at a time. 
All right, then. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. All right, then. We'll be back next week to recap. Good luck on your picks. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.